Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro. I'm a partner at Stagman Elliott in the Private Equity and M&A Group. For this week's podcast, our special guest is Michael Teplitsky. Michael is a partner with Winchurch Capital, and Winchurch is a uh, U.S. mid-market private equity fund that's active in Canada. Michael, welcome and thank you for joining us. Mario, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Michael, I'd, I'd like to start by talking a little bit about yourself and about the fund. Uh, I'd love to learn more about the fund's history and your own history. So please tell us more. Absolutely. I'm happy to do that. Um, look, Winchard's been in business for a little bit over 20 years. Uh, we're a Chicago-based uh, private equity firm uh, that's active all across North America. We'll, we'll talk about our focus in Canada. Um, but uh, I've been with the firm for going on 13, 14 years. Um, joined up uh, straight out of business school in fund, um, fund two. We subsequently raised fund three, fund four, and we're currently about midway through fund five. So I'm based in Chicago and spent a lot of time on the road and uh, spend a decent amount of my time focusing on transactions up in Canada as well. Can I ask you, Michael, what's the sweet spot for Winchurch? What type of businesses do you normally look at, size, industry? What's your, I like to say, your sweet spot? Sure. So we are currently investing out of Fund 5, which is a $2.3 billion fund. And uh, what's unique about Winchurch is we'll, we have the opportunity to, uh, given all of our relationships, to sort of play up and down. So on the lower end, we will still look at companies doing platforms, doing, call it 10, 15 million EBITDA. Uh, on the upper end, we're starting to look at some much larger businesses, you know, over 100 million in EBITDA. But we're very happy writing equity checks, you know, call it as low as 35, 50 million. Um, you know, it can go up to technically up to half a billion with, an, with uh, let's say, one or two investors, limited partners joining us. Uh, so it's pretty broad, um, broad focus. And um, we're pretty much focused on the industrial uh, economy and, uh, and consumer products. That's where we spend most of our time. And I know you... And when we mentioned this earlier at the beginning, Michael, have been you yourself, but also uh, Winchurch historically as a very strong brand in Canada, very active in Canada, has had uh, some great success stories that made a, a significant number of investments. Um, I wonder if you can tell us a bit about uh, Winchurch's uh, current activity in Canada, uh, historical activity. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm going to ask you, what is it you like about Canada at some point? <laughs> Everybody always wants to know why, why is a fund like yours interested in Canada? So, but maybe we talk first a little bit about uh, uh, the activity you currently have in Canada, the you know portfolio companies and the history of Winchurch in Canada. Yeah, why don't why don't we first start with the roots of uh, you know why we like Canada so much? We'll talk about you know uh, some of the things we've done there and then why we like it. Um, look, so we have a we have a long history of doing business up up north. Our founder, John Hatherley, is originally from, is a native of Thunder Bay. Uh, when when uh, he was growing up, played junior hockey and uh, ended up at Notre Dame for college and ended up staying. Um, but when he was uh, sort of getting going in business, he worked at GE Capital in, in Chicago, covering the Midwest and Canada. So he uh, has a lot of professional experience there. And when we first got uh, Winchurch going back in 2000, um, about half of our first fund came from uh, Canadian investors and a lot of investors from Montreal. 
so in Quebec. And uh, that goes back you know, to the case and other big families, uh, Power Corp, et cetera. So we've been doing business in Canada uh, very actively as a firm for uh, 20 years plus. And uh, what we like about Canada is that it's a vibrant economy, a very strong industrial sector. If you, when you look at Canadian deal flow, it's, um, it's a lot of tech, it's healthcare, it's industrials, materials, consumer products, et cetera. Uh, but industrial, we know really well, and materials are, are power alleys. Private equity activity there is pretty prolific. It's been about a third of M&A. And the size range has bowed pretty well for us as well. It's kind of a vibrant middle market, which we like. Look, the Canadian pension funds have been newer entrants, and uh, obviously they've made the market more competitive. Uh, but we still re- really like um, the activity up there, and we've been very active through the economic cycles there. Taking a step back, we've been investing in Canada through the cycles, as I mentioned. Um, and some of our investments, uh, you know, I can't talk about returns g- g- given uh, SEC regulations and all that, but I could list them out. And that we've had some really good uh, investments, uh, like NSC Minerals was a good one. We've had other investments um, that didn't work out as well, like uh, Calix, for example, was was a troubled one. But but overall, it, it, we've had a lot of success up there uh, putting capital to work. And if you look at our portfolio today, and again, this is all publicly available information, in our uh, fourth fund, so that's a fund that we recently kind of wrapped up or wrapping up investing, we have an investment in Champion Iron, which is a publicly traded Canadian uh, iron ore company. And Winchurch made a strategic minority investment into that business. We had um, also made an investment in Logistique, which is a uniform company based in Quebec. Infrapipe, which is a manufacturer of plastic pipe. Alliance, which is a building products company. Um, and then in our new fund, Fund 5, we are invested in Labrie, which is a manufacturer of garbage trucks or refuse vehicles. Uh, and uh, we're very active. Um, I was just in Toronto and in Montreal in uh, December uh, looking at other investment opportunities. So that, that's kind of where, where we're at. And Michael, why do you think Winchurch has had such success? I mean, obviously your focus has been on Canada, but but what, what makes Winchurch attractive to the Canadian market? And what do you, uh, you know, it's kind of a two-way street. What makes Winchurch attractive to sellers? And why does Winchurch like Canada? What does it see in Canada when it looks at deals that's unique or in terms of its objectives and goals makes them attractive? So, um Here's what I would say. So first, first of all, um, why Winchurch? I, I'd say I'd say it's the same pitch um, to begin with as as it would be in the lower 48. We've been doing this for a long time. We're on Fund Five. Um, we have a good reputation. Uh, we try to do business, um, you know, the right way all the time, and try to be consistent, dependable. We've been a good partner to CEOs and management teams as they've, as they've sought to grow their small and mid-sized companies. And also we've uh, been open to doing more complicated deals at times. So uh, we're not afraid of looking at some tougher, you know, family transition situations, companies, there may be in industries that are out of favor, companies going through uh, turmoil, so distress and turnarounds, um, as well as other sort of non-traditional deals like structured, you know, minority investments or uh, pipes, investments into public companies. 
there's a lot in that Swiss Army knife, if you will, and that's why people come to Winchurch uh, in the in the lower 48, and then um, you know up north incrementally to, to that. Look, a lot of uh, investors come into a lot of U.S. investors think that you know Canada is sort of underbanked or uh, sort of sleepy, if you will, and 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 I I would disagree on both of those. I think it's probably overbanked and. Um, you know, I don't think it's sleepy at all in the middle market. There's a lot of activity. Now, look, you don't have maybe as many transactions and you don't have as many private equity firms up there. So from, yes, from that perspective, there, there's less volume perhaps. Um, but why we like it is, look, as we look at our competitors, uh, we've got a few up there who we would say, okay, these are competitors through the cycles. There's no one competitor. And the deals that we tend to like, um, mid-market, maybe more industrial manufacturing and industrial services, um, you know, they're the below the radar screen of the big Canadian pension funds. They want to write massive checks. We can add a lot more value than a pension fund that just wants to be a minority investor and just wants to be, you know, passive. Uh, we for sure are more hands-on. We're very active board members. And um, we can for sure help these businesses with growth capital, growing in the States. And, and look, the reality of it for a lot of these businesses is that's the opportunity is to, is to get into more penetrated into the U.S. economy. And we have a massive Rolodex, lots of contacts. And uh, it, there's a lot. And it's all public. It's all on our website. Nothing you know, confidential. Uh, we, we are a value-added investor. You know, you've been a... Like you said, Mike, Mike, you've been a very active investor in Canada. How, you know, how, and you've been active in the, in the last couple of years, particularly during COVID. Uh, it really hasn't slowed you down. Uh, we've seen valuations go up. How are you managing the increased valuations? Have you seen those in Canada too? Uh, and how, how are you dealing with that aspect of it? Uh, and it seems like you've been very successful at dealing with it. So maybe this is a, you know, part of the uh, secret sauce. <laughs> So. Yeah. Well, look, uh, multiples have gone up. Multiples are pretty straightforward. It's a function of um, multiples on their own are a function of corporate margins and growth profiles. And in, that, in more absolute terms, um, looking at the market, they're a function of supply and demand and how many buyers you have versus how many sellers. So as you look at deal flow for 2020, 2021, 2021 um, was an off the charts astronomical year in terms of volume. And um, what's changed from, from prior years is the IPO market was red hot, especially in the US in 2020 and then 2021. You had a lot of uh, different types of buyers. So you had the, the, with the strong public currency, you had the public buyers, you had the SPACs, very prolific. You had private equity firms being very prolific. And then the debt capital markets were very robust. So balance sheets were very clean and the banks were looking to put money to work. A lot of uh, fiscal um, response uh, entered the market in the last couple of years uh, that precipitated growth in a market where you would have probably thought there would be distress with so many unemployed people in, in North America. And uh, instead what you had is a strong consumer sentiment, lots of growth, lots of demand, multiples went up. Uh, activity went up. And, and Winchurch, really, uh, w what's unique about us is we are very aggressive in deal sourcing, and we have a lot of relationships. So we've purchased here in the last, call it uh, 18 months or so, 
about seven or eight businesses, refuse vehicle, we bought a packaging company, an aftermarket wheel company, an RV company, a building products company, and, and then a few other businesses. And, you know, what, what is the common theme? I'd say the common theme there is some of those transactions earlier on struggled through the pandemic uh, in terms of the M&A markets were kind of closed. And then as the pandemic sort of, um, as the deal market accelerated, um, you know, we were able to get transactions off the ground that maybe had some noise around them. Like, for example, one or two of these transactions uh, involved companies that were owned by families or lenders where they were pretty sensitive in terms of not wanting to have um, a massive auction and having to talk to 100 buyers. So um, the, the secret sauce has been strong relationships with people known for a while, willingness to look at a lot of different kinds of deals, um, skill set around getting deals done virtually, for some of them 100% virtually. I'd say it's really been that. And, and also one other thing, Mario, is willingness to look at other um, different types of industries. So while we do a lot in industrials, like we just bought a mattress retailer. So that's pretty unique. Not everybody would do that. I give you a lot of credit doing retail right now. It takes a lot of stomach with, uh, with the, you know, all that's going on in the world. So uh, I, uh, I, but then again, uh, people are rewarded for taking uh, advantage of opportunities where other people don't see them. So, uh, which has worked for you in the past as a fund. And I guess that, that takes me to the kind of crystal ball question I always like to ask, given where you see the opportunities and, and, and where the market's going, I wanted to get your perspective on, on where you do would see this market going. I mean, it's obviously, as you said, it's a hot market. It seems to, in our perspective, seems to continue to be. But uh, from, from Winchurch's perspective, where do you see this market going and where do you see the opportunities you go for? Yeah. Look, Mario, and I should have mentioned, we have a lot of friends up in Canada from doing business for so long up there. So historical you know, investors, portfolio company uh, leaders, intermediaries, so friends at investment banks, accounting firms, obviously great um, friendship with uh, Steichman. Um, so we, we talk to these folks regularly. So I think we have a pretty good uh, pulse. Uh, uh, look, from everything that we could tell, the market in 2022 is going to be very robust from an M&A perspective. The the fundamentals are largely untouched from where, where we were in 2021. So businesses are growing, um, largely uh, speaking, and there's a lot of capital chasing deals, pushing those multiples high. Um, yeah, we've got some economic disruptions around inflation and you know productivity issues around people hopping around. You've got supply chain issues with um, material and shipping problems. And the cost of borrowing is going to probably go up here um, it, it, as the Fed increases its rates uh, in the U.S. But look, the taxes in the U.S. are kind of staying about the same. So um, but the crystal ball is that there's going to be a lot of activity. You will have very high demand for uh, blue chip assets. I think there are going to be some auctions that maybe didn't get done last year that people are going to dust off again this year. I think some of those people will look to ha look to have more um, maybe bilateral conversations. And if you can get a deal done, you know, without running a big auction and sort of hit the required price, I think you'll, you'll see that, but you'll see corporations and private equity firms and the public markets uh, being very receptive to getting deals done. And I think the biggest question is the pandemic and the curve of the, the spikes and, um, the variants and, uh, 
you know, unfortunately, I do not have a crystal ball there. I will, however, say that if COVID was sort of the first wave and you've had this big second wave of uh, supply chain disruptions, I think the third big wave is going to be around energy. And um, depending on what happens here with Russia and Ukraine, could be a major disruptor to geopolitics globally and to um, energy supply to Europe. But oil will um, potentially, in that scenario, and, and the CEO of Chevron just talked about it, could reach 100 bucks per barrel you know, any day if there was a r- real conflict in, in uh, Ukraine. Well, Michael, I, I wanted to say thank you for joining us. It's been uh, great to have you on, on to learn more about, about Winchurch and, and Winchurch success in Canada. And, you know, we want you to keep coming and do deals. So please, please, please do more. <laughs> we, we appreciate it and that we love coming up there uh, as long as uh, it's not as cold as it's been uh, during some of, our, some of my more recent trips. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you again. And thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Mario. Cheers.